Oh, me.
Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Isn't God good all the time? Hallelujah. It's good to be in church. We're glad everyone is here. We come to have church. We're glad to have the Embles with us tonight in church. We're glad y'all here, Jim. Glad just we're glad you come and want you to come back. I want to pray for Sister Jean. Ask God to heal her and all that are sick, not able to be here. Let's remember the Brother Looper and them, their families, they travel. He said it was 60 degrees when they got on a deer stand this morning. By 8 o'clock, it was 40. Tonight, it's a solid freeze and going supposed to snow all day tomorrow. So let's ask God to keep his hand of protection upon them as they traveling home. And, and let's ask God to have his way in this service tonight. Let's love him, church. God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you, Lord. Be with us and help us, God. Help us, Lord. Protect Brother Luther and them. They traveling home. Keep your hand of protection up on us, Lord. Have your way in this service, Lord. Every need and every petition, God, you more than able. God, you're a miracle working, God. And we standing on your promises, God. Have your way, God. We'll give you the praise for it all. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated in this. Brothers, bring the offering pans. Let me make this announcement. He said, please see Sister Angela after church. If you would be willing to bring something for the New Year's party, please sign up if you're going to attend. It starts at 8 o'clock tomorrow night. So don't forget that. Sign up if you would. Glory. going to come and sing. Brother Ron Hollister, praise the Lord, would you? Yes, sir. Thank God for what he's going to do for us. Let's give God a big hand clap, sir.
Bro! 
chose to be my Hallelujah. As Brother Gore comes, let's help him preach tonight. Preach to us, Brother Gore. Bless him. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Don't it feel good to be in God's house this evening? Amen. Why don't we clap our hands unto the Lord and lift up our voice as a triumph unto Him for a moment. Oh, let's give Him some praise here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, let's praise him for a moment. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah. Why don't we try that one more time? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, come on. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, read a God. Lift up holy hands unto Him for a moment. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hey, man, it feels good in God's house this evening. Amen. Amen. The Bible said, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Amen. How many thankful we can feel that liberty this evening? Amen. I know this is the last service of this year. Amen. This has been a hard year. This has been a rough year. Amen. But I think we should go out this year victorious. Say, devil, you didn't get me down. You might have tried my faith. You might have tried my confidence. But I tell you, I'm standing on the last service of this year. And I'm going to come out of this year victorious. Because my God has not changed. He's still the same as He was then as He is now. Amen. Amen. It is an honor. It is a privilege. Amen. I do give honor to my pastor this evening for allowing me to do this tonight. (coughs) I appreciate him so much. Amen. The help that he's helped me in my life. Amen. I can remember when I first come to this church. Amen. I was lost as lost could be. I was on the wrong roads. But I'm so thankful that God dealt with me when I was 16 years old. And God led me into the parking lot of this church. And God didn't lead me the way that He found me, but He changed me. Amen. I'm so thankful for that. And God's blessed me. I don't never want to go back from whence I came. Amen. I'm so thankful for His mercy and His grace. This evening, I want to go to the book of Genesis, chapter 13. Starting at verse 12 through 13. I will say tonight this message is probably a little different than the way I normally preach. But I have felt God dealing with me upon these scriptures in this chapter this week. 
Amen. And I'm going to do my best to do what I feel tonight in the Holy Ghost. Bible says in Genesis chapter 13 and verse 12, Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent towards Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Looking here at verse 12 this evening, Abraham dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities in the plain, pitched his tent towards Sodom. I want to preach to us for a little while tonight on this subject. Be careful which way you pitch your tent. Be careful which way you pitch your tent. Let's go to the Lord in prayer here today. Lord, we come to you. Lord, that you would anoint me from the top of my head under the soles of my feet. God, that you would anoint my lips of clay that I would preach this word. How you've placed it upon my heart. God, I ask you that you would break every chain, remove every stumbling block. Let this service to be orchestrated by your will and by your power. Oh, we will give you the praise and the glory for it. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. You can be seated. I want to go back a little bit into this chapter of Genesis 13. I'm going to paraphrase on a little bit of what was going on here. Amen. My title this evening is this, Be Careful. Which way you will pitch your tent. But I want to go back and I look here at Abram. We know that Abram was Abram before he became Abraham. We look at Abram here and he has a nephew that is named Lot. Abraham was very favored of God. Abraham had many cattle. He had much gold. He had much silver. He had a lot of herdsmen. He picked up his little nephew, and his nephew would pitch a tent with him every once in a while. And we look at this story today, and we find that when Abram was blessed, he would bless Lot. And when he would, he would just keep blessing him and blessing him. Even though Abram was very favored of God, he just, he just kept blessing Lot. He just kept giving to Lot. And finally one day, the herdsmen of Abram, Abraham's herdsmen, and Lot's herdsmen of his cattle and of Abraham's cattle, they began to argue a little bit. They began to bicker a little bit and say, oh my, you've been blessed too much. Oh, there's not enough room here in these valleys anymore. There's not enough room here over here for your stuff and for the, and, and for Lot's stuff. There's just, there's not enough room here. And they began to argue and they began to bicker amongst one another. And Abram come to Lot one day and Abram began to tell Lot, hey, we, we, we've got to do something here. And, and Lot, and Abraham says to Lot, if he would, <coughs> that he doesn't want any strife to come between them. He doesn't want any anger to come between them. 
He said, if you will go to the left, I will go to the right. And if you will go to the right, I will go to the left. Abram was, Abraham was trying to tell him here, hey, hey, we, there's too much here. There's, we've got too much here. We've been blessed too much. I need to, you need to go to that valley. I need to go to this valley. I don't want any strife among us, even though our herdsmen have already got strife, even though this one over here has got this issue with that one over there. I'm going to tell you today, I really don't think God ever really wanted them to separate to begin with, because that's the reason why God was blessing them. Hey man, I believe they should have just went ahead and fixed this issue with the herdsmen and said, hey, you, you may not be able to handle the blessings that God has given to me right now, but just wait a minute. Oh no, but Abraham said, hey, will you go to the right or will you go to the left? Will you go in this direction and I'll go in that direction and we'll take on this land. And we look in Genesis chapter 13 and verse 10, and Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plains of Jordan that it was well watered even where before the Lord before the Lord destroys Sodom and Gomorrah even as the garden of the Lord like the land of Egypt as has come unto sorrow. He said, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go over here to Jordan. I'm gonna go down in these valleys. There's plenty of water over here for my cattle. There's plenty of land here for my cattle. It looks good. Abraham, I'm gonna take this. Abraham, hey, you can have that desert that's over there. You can have that desert on the other side. You can go and dwell over there. I believe that Lot probably believed he was getting the better end of the deal. But I want to tell you, Abraham is favored of God because when he builds his tent, he builds it by Bethel. He builds his tent by Bethel, which is the house of God. He remembers... But Lot, you know, he used to build his tent right beside Abraham. And on one side of it would have been Bethel. But now, he thinks he's got something that's a little bit better than what he had. He's in this, he's in this valley. He pitches his tent unto Sodom and unto Gomorrah. He pitches his tent Towards one of the most wickedest cities of all. And we find Lot living here in his tent. And he's looking at that city day in and day out. He's looking at that city every day when he gets up in the morning. And all of a sudden their music probably sounds pretty good to his ears. All of a sudden, it sounds like they're having a good time down there in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. There's something that's just kind of inching him, drawing him in that direction. I'm going to tell you today, we better be careful at where we pitch our tent. 
We better be careful at where we pitch our lifestyle. I'm going to tell you, we need to be in the house of God. Amen. We look at Him as He's there. And the Bible says He was in His tent for several years. And this king and that king, and it was 12 or 13 different kingdoms, began to fight against one another. And all of a sudden, they captured Lot. They captured him. One of his herdsmen escaped it. One of his herdsmen got out of there. One of his herdsmen got away from it. And he ran to Abraham. And he began to tell Abraham what had happened. And Abraham got 318 men to go to where they had Lot captured. He took these 318 men and marched right in there. Got Lot right out of that prison. Got everything that they had stolen from Lot. All of his cattle. All of their children. All of their families. Everything that he had. He got it back. Amen. I believe God was trying to show him here. Hey, wake up. I'm in control here. But we find Lot going right back to his tent. Looking at Sodom. Looking at Gomorrah. And just leaning towards that city. Till one day we find Lot in the middle of the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. And Sodom, Lot becomes very popular in that city. He becomes very popular. There was people that would listen to what he had to say. Lot even became the doorkeeper to that city. He became the one that people would have to come through to get in that city. And God was very angry at that city. God was very upset with that city. Matter of fact, God goes and talks to Abraham because he has a covenant with him. And and he knows that Abraham here has got something about Sodom and Gomorrah. And he said, hey, I'm ready. I need to destroy that city. He said, I want to destroy that city. I want to completely do away with that city. I want to, I want to bring fire and brimstone from heaven upon that city. And Abraham looks at him and says, if there's 50 righteous people, would you not do it? He said, no, I won't do it. Abraham looks at him again. He says, if there's 40 righteous people, would you do it? He said, no, I won't do it. He said, what about 30? Then he said, what about 20? 
And then he said, what about ten? He said, no, I won't destroy it. I really believe Abraham probably could have talked him completely out of destroying Sodom and Gomorrah. But he left it right here at ten. And we see here in the Bible, after God leaves Abraham, we find that God sends two angels to the city of Sodom and Gomorrah to see if he can find any righteous people. He sends two angels there. And as these angels are walking up the road, and all of a sudden they probably see somebody that looks pretty familiar. There's a lot. He's sitting there at the gate. These men come up there to him and say, God has sent us here. God's going to destroy these two cities. God's going to, to move these two cities. And Lot begins to, to beckon with him a little bit. He said, hey, can you come to my house? Hey, I want you to stay at my house tonight. And you can sleep here and then in the morning. You can get up and leave. And these two angels looked at him and said, oh, no. We're going to abide in these streets all day long and all night long. We're here on a mission. We're here to see if there's any righteous people here because God is fixing to destroy this city. And Lot keeps beckoning with them. Would you just please come by for a little bit? Would you come visit my wife? Will you come meet my two daughters? Will you come meet my two future son-in-laws? Would you come by? Sooner or later, he finally talks these two angels to come into their house. And they're sitting there and they're breaking unleavened bread according to the Scripture. They're eating. And all of a sudden, there becomes a knock at the door. There becomes a knock. Lot, where are them two men that come through the gate today? Where are those two men that you allowed to come in here? We want to meet them. We want to see what they're about. We want to look upon them. We want to, we want to see who they are. I'm going to tell you there was some perversion in Sodom and Gomorrah. Of homosexuality. These men were beating on Lot's door saying, hey, we want to see those two men that came through the gate today. We want to visit them. We want to see what they're about. Lot kept telling him, hey, I'll come to you later. They said, no. We want to see them now. Lot sits back at the dinner table. I'm going to tell you, Lot was messed up himself. I believe Lot's mind was twisted out of fact, out of place a little bit. And Lot begins to tell him, hey, if you'll leave these two men alone. If you'll leave these two men alone. 
I got two young girls here that's never been touched. That's pure. That's holy. Hey, I'm willing to give you my girls. If you'll leave these two men alone. These men began to beat upon his house and say, no, we don't want those girls. We want those two men. And said, Lord, if you don't want to give them to us, we're going to get you. And we're going to do more to you than what we were going to do to him. And all of a sudden they began to, to surround the house. And all of a sudden they began to, to grab the doorknob. I'm going to tell you right now, the angels don't need any help protecting themselves. Because when they started grabbing that doorknob and they started pulling on the side of that house, those angels smote blindness upon them. He put blindness upon them. And then they didn't know which way to go. They didn't know what direction to go. And the angels look at Lot and said, hey, you need to get out of here. You need to get your family out of here. You need to get your children out of here. You need to get your future son-in-laws out of here. So Lot runs in there, tells his son-in-laws, Hey, we got to go. God's fixing to destroy this place. And they laugh at him and say, Are you kidding me? We're not going to leave this city. This is the best thing that's ever happened to us. We're not going to leave this city. Lot goes to his wife and she kind of mocks him a little bit as well. And the angel said, hey, you better leave now. And the angel told him, you better not turn around and look at this city. You better not even take a glimpse at this city. And we can find Lot and his wife and his children by the hand running up the side of that mountain. And somewhere's Lot's wife. She said, you know, I really just don't know about this. And she just kind of threw her head over her shoulder. And she looked back. And when she looked back, she turned into a pillar of salt. She turned into a pillar of salt. I'm going to tell you today, God was fed up with the sin in Sodom and Gomorrah. He told him, hey, you better not look back. You better, you better keep on going. And then all of a sudden, they could see it in the clouds. And those fires began to rain upon Sodom. As that brimstone began to beat upon the ground. And that fire came down from heaven. And it beat upon the ground so much. Amen. Scholars today 
What say where Sodom and Gomorrah was is where the Dead Sea is. They would say that it's right where the Dead Sea was. Because the Dead Sea is one of the deepest seas. It's one of the most saltiest seas. It's one of the most saltiest seas that even fish cannot survive in the water. I'm going to tell you, when God's going to destroy something, He's going to do it right. When God is going to bring judgment upon something, He's going to do it right. Amen. I want to tell you today, we better be careful at where we pitch our tent. Amen. Because I believe that Lot probably knew some things about God a little bit if he'd been around Abraham. Lot used to pay tithes. Lot used to, Lot used to follow right behind Abraham. But somewhere he started watching that city. He started watching that city. I want to tell you today, we better be watching where we're watching. We better not have our eyes upon this world. I'm telling you, we're living in a world today that's full of chaos. That's full of sin. We're living in a world today that would call good evil and evil good. We're living in a world today with some of the same sins that was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. That's being pushed in our world today like it's no big deal. Like it's no problem at all. Oh, but I'm telling you today, it's a sin that will turn God's stomach upside down. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. I'm telling you, it's a sin that will turn His stomach upside down because it's not natural. It's not natural. It's not the will of God. It's not the will of God that men should be with men and women should be with women. No, it's an abomination in His sight. It's an abomination to His sight. But Lot probably didn't see the big picture at first. He seen the water. He seen the fields. He seen the pretty grass seeds. He seen everything that was out there. Probably never really dreamed he would have got caught up in something this big. And today I felt God just grabbing my heart. Telling me to preach this. Telling me to, to tell the people, you better get your eyes upon Him and not into the things of this world. This world, this world is full of trouble. This world is in chaos. But I'm going to tell you who's going to be faithful and who's going to be just. It's still the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We need to make up in our mind who are we going to serve.
Amen. We need to make up in our mind. Who are we going to serve? Either the gods of this world. Oh, but for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. How oh, can anybody else say that today? For me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. Oh, I don't want to be out there in the world of sin. I'm going to tell you that world will take you farther than you want to go. That devil will speak things to you. That might tickle your ears a little bit. But I come today to tell you, he is still the father of all lies. And the truth is not in him. The truth is not in him. Oh, you might look out there in the world and say, oh, oh, them girls out there are so pretty. Them girls out there, oh, I want to go see. I'll bring them to church with me. I'm telling you right now, you better stay in the house of God. You better pitch your tent by Bethel. You better pitch your tent by the house of God. Oh, you say, oh, that'll never happen to me. I'll never fall into that spirit. Oh, that'll never happen in my life. You let the devil get a hold of you. You let the devil get a hold of you. You'll be doing things you never dreamed you would do. You'll be doing things you never thought would even imagine in your mind. There's been young people that have sat upon these pews that have been filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. But somewhere they begin to pitch their tent and look down the road and say, Oh, one day I'm going to go try that. One day I'm going to see what's around the corner. And one day, oh, I'll never, I'll never shoot up heroin. Oh, I'll never snort crack. Oh, I'll never try methamphetamines. Oh, they sitting here on the church pew. But where are they at today? They're out there in the streets shooting up with heroin in their arms. Hallelujah. I feel like I'm preaching to somebody this evening. Oh. You look good around here on Sunday night shouting and lifting your hands. But I feel like I'm preaching to somebody. There's a little blank spot there in the back of your mind. Saying, oh, one day I want to I wanna see what's beyond these walls. I, w- I want to see 
what all my other friends are experiencing out there. I want to see what's happening. Right now you're putting on a good front. Right now you're shouting around the altar. But really, there's, you're starting to pick up the stake of your tent a little bit. And you're starting to look in another direction. Oh, and just slowly, just a small little transformation this way. As it gradually grows and grows and grows and grows. And sooner or later, oh, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go down here for a little while, but really and truthfully, you're running down the road somewhere where you shouldn't be. You're hanging around with somebody you know really and truthfully you shouldn't be hanging around. And gradually, 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 man, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. And all of a sudden, oh, nobody will ever find out about this, where I'm going, what's going on. I'm telling you today, you better, you better pick up that tent stake and say, hey, devil, I don't have any room for you. Devil, I don't have any room for you. I'm going to pick up my stake. And I'm going to bring it back to where I will be blessed. I'm going to bring it back to where I'll be blessed. Because I'm telling you, if you follow that, oh, it might look fun right now. It might look plum exciting right now. But I'm going to tell you, sin might be fun for a season, but it's going to bring forth destruction in your life. It's going to take you out of here. Oh, oh, I come back. I'll get back in the church. I'll get back in here. That devil don't tell you, hey, He's going to put some bitterness in there. He's going to make you feel shameful. Well, what's this one going to say? What's that one going to say? Well, this one's going to be talking about me. This one over here is going to say this. And that one over there is going to say that. There's going to be so much pressure on you that you don't even realize. And then one day you're going to wake up in the middle of the night in your bed. Saying, how did I get this far? How did I ever get to this point? But with not enough courage to get a hold of your flesh and bring it to an altar to God. Then you learn to live with it. Then it becomes easy. I'm going to tell you a lot didn't get to this point overnight. No. No. It took years and years and years. Oh, I come today to tell somebody in this house. And they can come to the music. They can come to the music. This world is not worth going to hell over. 
The things in this world are not worth being lost over. You start weighing it out a little bit. You think about hell. It's a fiery furnace where the worm dieth not and the fire is not yet quenched. It's a fire that you will not get away from. It's a furnace of complete and fire, but you will never burn up. You will lie there in the torments of hell. Will never be no peace. Will never be no comfort. The devil's telling you, how can this be? How could this happen? How would this take place? Oh, it'll never happen. It'll never happen in my life. You know, the Bible said as long as there's breath, there's mercy. As long as we've got breath, there's mercy. But if this breath ever quits, our determination is made. Our destination is in front of us. Our request has been set before God. If this breath ever leaves our body, oh, that's not going to happen. I'm telling you today, there's been a lot of young people that said, oh, that'll never happen. They get in their car and start flying down the highway. And all of a sudden lose control of that car. Something that's just a little bit unexpected happens. Something just changes all of a sudden. Oh, then you're on your way to your destination. Oh, I'm telling you today, Jesus is ready. But are you? No man knows the hour. And no man knows the day. You're not promised tomorrow. You're not promised next week. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. Trying to get somebody to wake up. Trying to get somebody, oh, to surrender. Oh, I know it's been a rough year. I know it's been a lot of things going on. It's been a crazy year. But it ain't time to lose our faith in God. And it's not time we lose our soul. Oh, I open these altars this
Don't forget the service tomorrow night. See Sister Angela if you're going to be willing to help. And if you're going, be sure and sign up. And it starts at 8 o'clock. So remember that if you would. And we want to be safe over this holiday and come back here Sunday morning rejoicing and see somebody get the Holy Ghost starting their new year out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We want to remember to pray for Brother Looper and him. They'll be traveling. And all that are traveling, ask God to protect him. And so let's go and have a happy new year and come back rejoicing. Glory.